Tired of your coworkers' repetitive microaggressions? Constantly being asked if you date outside your race? Tired of brothers asking you for the hookup? Token Talk Podcast is a collective of perspectives from a token variety. I'm Darius Williams. I'm Thomas Price. And I'm John Spann. We are Token Talk Podcast. Listen to us bi-weekly on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Token Talk Podcast. Like, subscribe, and listen now. Welcome back. Um, I just want to talk about my week right quick before I introduce our guest for today because I had a kind of uh, eventful week for myself. I tried not to do much during the week, but on Tuesday, I had ladies night with my daughter and that um, included us going to the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum for a new series called Field to Funk, and it's about highlighting the music created in Mississippi. So we were kind of late because she's a toddler and she runs things. So I had to wait till she woke that until she woke up from my nap. Then I had to feed her and change her, get her bib together. And then when we got there, luckily we were able to hear from the. It is called the Utica. It's from the Utica. High School Community College campus, but they call the Yuka Jubilee Singers. So we heard three songs from them. So that was pretty awesome. And then after we went to see the Capital City Roller Girls practice, and I had to. We were only there for about thirty minutes because, of course, she saw all the fun and like she wanted to be a part of it. And it's like, first of all, girl, you didn't even bring your skates or your protective gear. Secondly, you can't skate. <laughs> Thirdly, this is dangerous and you're a toddler. So <laughs> that was fun. And Holly from episode 14 actually invited me to those two events. So we went with her. She also invited me to their fundraiser last night for their upcoming season. So that was super duper fun. Um, I just want to say we usually record on Sundays. By the time the footage of me twerking uh, <laughs> should disappear by then from Snapchat. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> so <laughs> today I have um, a super awesome guest with me. Um, I first met, I'm not sure if you remember when we first met, but we were in like a lean in meetup. And when you kind of introduced yourself and like listed all your accomplishments, I was like, oh, I want to be her when I when I grow up. So <laughs> do you want to say hi to everyone? Um, tell them your name, um, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do. Huh, okay. Well, I am Talamika Bryce. I am originally from Kill Michael, Mississippi. That's one L, not two. Okay. <laughs> and um, I am a visual storyteller. Okay. So it's basically, I also call myself a Kill Michelangelist. It's mm. like if Michelangelo was a uh, small town black girl from uh, Mississippi, mm-hmm. because I have. Uh, Many talents. There, I tell stories in different types of ways. Yeah, photography, graphic design, web design, and also painting. Okay, 
Okay. Um, so when did you first arrive in Jackson? And before you answer that question, just about a little bit about what I know from you. Either you did a lot of traveling or you have relocated to various cities but all have somehow come back here. So can you tell me a little bit about that process for you? Well, Jackson, when I was able to remember it, <laughs> uh, was a beta club trip back in the day. Oh, okay. And um, we were going through, we had something on the coast. So we were driving through Jackson. It was late at night, and you know, I'm a little country girl. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the the sound of the bus and mm-hmm. the moving against the road. And then, you know, growing up without a lot of street lights, mm-hmm. the lights. And it woke me up. So I just remember driving through the city and mm-hmm. seeing all the lights and the attractions and just being like, wow, like I wanna I wonder what happens apart from the roads. I wonder what happens in those little communities. And whatever it is, I wanna be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I have traveled a bit, but Mississippi is home. Mm-hmm in a lot of different ways and there's just a grit and and glitter at the same time mm-hmm. with being here there are no uh black there are no gray areas pretty much you know there's black and white and there's jesus and and depends on sunday morning as which house you're in serving him yeah um so yeah that's how i came to jackson it just kind of became home also uh jackson state university the i love yes um, do you love the band too I was not in the band. No, I said, do you love the band, too? I do. I love the band, and I married... And get uh, ready? uh, Yeah, a a band geek. (laughs) I don't know if you knew, Charles got a scholarship. Charles, my husband. Uh We met in drawing class. Oh, wow. And he was actually a freshman in the boom. He had Mm -hmm. a partial scholarship for uh, percussionist. He was a percussionist for a little while. Okay, cool, cool. So, like I said, you are very accomplished, I think when I met you, you were doing something for like, um, what was it, the Olympics or something like that? Do you remember what that oh, was? Oh, yeah. I've done stuff for Paralympics. Yeah. I've done a lot of things. And then like you, when you were talking about list of accomplishment, yeah. all I could think about it was um, I'm a mom now of a one and a four-year-old. Yeah. So it's always Easter. You know, make sure they got the Easter stuff together and all of that. <laughs> And um, anything I've ever accomplished, I'm humbled because yeah. when I when I get to my my child's school, he reminds me that I forgot his blanket of today. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. um, that always keeps me grounded. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. What? Just tell me about because you you paint, you draw, you do graphic design, you do murals, and like we have a super popular one that. I'm not sure if that's the last one you've done recently. Yeah, the Barack Obama yeah. elementary school. Yeah. Um, my last corporate job. How can I put this? No, you just just said. <laughs> she just say it. You know, the whole thing about it is, when I was 16, you know, mm-hmm. growing up in a small town, our our school system pretty much sucked, except for one division. There was one place where the our English teacher was very up on it and I yeah. fell in love with English. Yeah. And not only that, I fell in love with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And like Maya Angelou, I just swore before I knew better that Shakespeare was a black woman because no one writes pain like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And in his son in 85, when he sums it up and says, so long as men can breathe and eyes can see, so long lives this and this gives life to thee. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me when I really realized what I wanted to do. Yeah. It's the left behind pieces of any civilization that tells a story about who they were and what they what they created and accomplished. Mm-hmm. So I see myself at this 
current time as somewhat of a scribe with like yeah. writing the stories of different people that are around here. But as a mother and as a black woman, mm-hmm. part of it is uh, what I figured out after giving birth to my son during the Ferguson riots. Mm-hmm. It is uh, exploring the depths of all the chapters of your story. Yeah. Because, you know, like I do, we're, we're giving our children these legacies. They're becoming these people. And we mm. need to be clear about our history. Yeah. So that's where a lot of my activism came about mm-hmm. um, as as well. So with with that journey of all of that when it comes to the photography and when I was in my corporate job which I love and I still contract with mm-hmm. um, my last corporate job that I held for about six years I've been doing my own thing for eight now full time cool. yeah. but um, it was telling the story of those different people that were around me and I felt like the whole parable where Jesus talks about the man with the talents like I've mm-hmm. been blessed with a lot of talents and mm-hmm. I don't I didn't feel like I was being responsible for them mm. so with what I do now like with writing for Pantsuit Nation and yeah. I got a couple other things on the rise yeah how uh being able to transfer into different mediums really mm-hmm. helps me yeah as a, as a person and as an artist yeah yeah that's really cool so we are going to take a break right here Hey there, good people. This is Thecca Jones, and I wanted to tell you about something really, really, really good that's going on. Are you ready? The Roguish Gent Podcast is back. Every Wednesday, you can get your Roguish Gent fix with interviews from some of the most interesting people you will ever listen to, pop culture hot takes, and wondering just what I'll say next. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. All you have to do is search The Roguish Gent. Follow me on all social media platforms as well at Thecca Jones, T-H-E-C-A-J-O-N-E-S. So we talked a little bit about this before we got started, but growing up, I wanted to be an artist. So I used to draw and paint a lot. Um, I wanted to be a fashion designer as well. And I pretty much, when I first went to college, um, and it's part of the reason why I didn't take it seriously, it was because I'm going to go to college to figure things out. Because I knew, like, making minimum wage in New Orleans, that I couldn't afford the cost of living there. So I was like, let me just go to college for a year or two, figure out how I can be a full-time artist, and then I'll quit this nonsense. I mean, the benefit of being in college is I had my dormitory meal plan, and I was away from my mom's house, and she couldn't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So, and my grades literally reflected, like, someone who's just there until they figure things out. Because I was doing the bare minimum to stay in school. And then, uh, you know, like uh, like I told you, Katrina had like a big impact on me. It's like, okay, so I'm gonna have to take things a little bit more seriously. Maybe I need to finish my degree so I can have like something to fall back on. In case I can't work in art, I was political science undergrad, I'm like I'll work for government. So, um, yeah, so, but then I also kept in mind, like, my dad's an entrepreneur. I've talked about before on this podcast. He's a musician and producer. Money, you know, like, it's not stable. It's like you can get a ton of money for a few months, and then you might not get anything. Mm. And between kind of witnessing that growing up, sorry, Dad, for telling your business. He does listen. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we won't tell these people the truth. But <laughs> but it's like, um, you know, between kind of like understanding how that process worked and then like Katrina hitting and like my family losing everything and, you know, like people are cashing out retirements to be able to take care of each other and like, 
you know, fix up their property. So I'm like, I cannot, you know, whatever I do, I need to at a minimum be able to take care of myself. And I was looking at art like, I don't know if this is going to work for me, particularly since for a long time, I thought I would be going right back to New Orleans. So it's like, I should have been spending time kind of building that up out there, but I was in college out here. So I'm like, I can't just walk, you know, off the stage in uh, Jackson and like have an art career in New Orleans. It's not going to happen. And then out of nowhere, it's like, you know, then I'm like on my third degree. (laughs) And now I'm kind of to the point where now I see like the role creativity has played for me and I'm trying to get back to that, but I'm doing it in different ways because, you know, I'm not drawing, but like I have this podcast. So it is a creative outlet for me. So can you just talk a little bit about being an artist and an entrepreneur and what's that like? Well, um, I have to preface this by saying I had no idea what I was doing and Mm -hmm. I kind of still don't. Um, There is no blueprint for this. And um, one of the blessings in yours is that you grew up around um, an artist. Yeah. I didn't. So, and my mom didn't either. So she was always very, baby, you could do whatever you want to do type of thing. Yeah. You didn't know about this whole starving artist part of it. So when I came to, one of the first things I wanted to do, I didn't really want to be an artist. Mm -hmm. I wanted to work with computers because this is back in 97 and, you know, computers were the future. Yeah. And um, I decided I wanted to be a computer animator. I had everything lined up to go to Mississippi State. I had paid for my my dorm room, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff. And then JSU sent me a letter pretty much offering me an academic scholarship. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they were talking about were their art programs, and the art program was a way to get into computer animation. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, well, I can go to college for free and then start the whole basis for getting into computer animation. Mm -hmm. So I got to JSU and absolutely fell in love with graphic design. Mm -hmm. And uh, John Jennings was my my teacher. And if anybody knows Jennings, and I mean the work that he's done now with... um, was us mm-hmm. like you know working with Jordan Peele and oh, creating wow. different illustrations and all of that and just yeah. his background and being from Florida Mississippi and he was he wasn't well he isn't that much older than I am anyway mm-hmm. but it was just he really had an impact on me as an artist mm-hmm. he's one of the first working artists that I've ever really seen okay so with, with him it wasn't I never really knew there was an issue with not being able to be paid and being an artist yeah um and then art is what, what, what brought me to my husband as well, because he is a phenomenal artist. Mm-hmm. I always say that I couldn't beat him, so I joined him. Yeah. Like, he's, <laughs> he's really amazing. So, but right out the gate as an artist and an entrepreneur, when you go to school, you learn about art. Yes. You're shading, you're this, you're that. But then when you transition into actually um doing what you love in order to pay your bills, Mm -hmm. there's this huge gap. And I do wish that I was a bit more prepared for that. So with my life and where I am now, I'm working to create different platforms and different people, you know, to educate people on how to get paid at your craft. Because art is something that is amazing and beautiful and unique. And it should be as valued as any type of engineering, any type of doctor or lawyer. I mean, we create things that don't exist daily. Yeah. So um, that's really been my my whole thing for it. And then with the Obama mural and working on that Mm -hmm. and my children being able to see us through the process and my son saying, Mama, I want to be an arter like you. And then um, different things when I come to their school and do presentations Mm -hmm. and he likes to draw, then I know that I need to continue to pave the way so he can be able to provide for my grandchildren and all of that when 
um, he gets older. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Um, so we're going to pivot just a little bit because, like, you talked about all the platforms you have. Um, you're kind of an advocate as well. You are stepping, you would say it's a little bit political, right? Well, considering uh, <laughs> next week I'll be in Chicago with the National Women's March, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm okay. So, <laughs> so um, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Your work yeah. with that? Yeah, okay, so my, um, the way I got into politics was that I gave birth to a black son during the Ferguson riots. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still remember that I lost our, our first child. Well, we lost our first child. Mm-hmm. So it was going through the whole thing of can my body even carry a pregnancy Yeah. to getting to the point of giving birth to this beautiful being and going through labor and all of that. And I never remember a phone call I got from a friend of mine who was also pregnant and having a little girl. Mm-hmm. And we went through the particulars, like, you know, how much did he weigh, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, have you heard about Ferguson's? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I've been in labor all day. Yeah. And she gives me a pep talk. She said, you are raising a black male. Mm-hmm. And in America, mm-hmm. and I need you to take care of yourself and to take care of him at the same time. Yeah. So that really put it in perspective. And then the whole thing of going through him and knowing my husband and him being a veteran, how awesome he is. Mm-hmm. I remember once we were doing our jobs at the reservoir, and it was getting ready to close, and this police officer came and he was talking to him, and all Charles had was a camera in his hand. And I saw Charles in that moment make himself smaller yeah. for that police officer. Because the whole reason, whole time he's talking, the officer's talking to my husband, he has his hand on his weapon mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. So all of that together, it's different. When I gave birth to my children, it gave birth to different parts of me. I agree with that. And I, I also want to be honest about, like, me wanting a girl so bad. First of all, I'm girly, so I'm like, I want to be able to dress her up and polish her nails. But there was a fear. I was like, I don't want a boy at all. So I definitely understand that. I just feel like even, you know, like how your friend was telling you about, like, I just feel like you have to mentally prepare like before you even have a child. I mean, there's concern, of course, with me having a black child in general. Yeah. But a boy, I'm like, that's something I did not. I just, you know, for me, I was like, I don't have the mental capacity to even think about having a boy. It's you know? a day by day. And part yeah. of that is a, I'm working on an upcoming documentary okay. that deals with my um, trepidation of my son beginning to turn five. Because there's a lot I learned about race at five. Mm-hmm. And at five, he begins official school. Yeah. So, you know, there's the school to prison pipeline. Mm-hmm. And also growing up in a small town, I had a, a good amount of racial incidents happen where in 93 and 88, the Klan comes looking for my brother with rebel flags and shotguns. Wow. So the documentary will explore that side. And yeah. then driving by, Mississippi still has that emblem in the flag. Yeah. And choosing to raise my son here yeah so um there are just all these layers of different things and and race at this point in time because my daughter was um i would say marinated during the election of donald trump Mm -hmm. so it also just really pushes forward this narrative of race and then being the wife of a veteran third generation veteran mm-hmm. it's all of this and hence seeing the pictures of black men lynched in their uniforms mm-hmm. it's all these different layers that need to really be 
uh, dived into. Yeah. Because if a a foreign power, Russia, can use our ignorance and our lack of discussion about racism to infiltrate our company, our, our country, it's a serious problem. Right. We really need to talk about it. Right. Right. So let me ask you a question. Like, I have my feeling about it. What do you think about more women in politics? I will say the assumption is because I worked in government so long and I have, like, an undergraduate degree in political science and I'm pursuing um, a PhD in public policy. My husband always tells me public. He always highlights that word first. It's like public. I'm like, you know, I was like, I can do policy anywhere. I say everything needs a policy. He's like public. Like, for me, I'm like... That, you know, it's not just what I witnessed or experienced. It's just the fact that now I have a family. You know, I'm not as ambitious as I used to be. And I realized when you sign up for public office, you're essentially, to me, in my opinion, giving up your life. Because, you know, you have work to do, but then you also have community stuff to do. And it's like, even if you're out, you never really have time, like, to yourself. And then I also believe they're harder on women, women who run for office, women who are in office. So like how, you know, I don't know, what are your thoughts on something like that? Because on one hand, I'm like, we definitely need more women. We wouldn't have as many issues, in my opinion, if we had more women in office. But on the other hand, I'm like, it is something, I don't know if I can encourage people to sign up for you know, because it's going to be so hard. They're going to be beating you down. And and at the same time, you have to kind of maintain, be present for your family. For me, like as of right now, that's the most important thing for me. You well, know? I think it's the right women in office. Yeah. Because you still have a lot of Republican women who uphold the ideas of white supremacy to the death of the nation. Yeah. So um, it's the right women in office. And mm-hmm. it's really no different as a mother, you juggle so many things anyway. No, but you know, it's it's we're starting to learn. I don't know if we're starting to learn, but I just feel like I'm starting to see the discussions about how we shouldn't. You know, we we take on so much, and it's affecting our health. You that know? is true. So, <laughs> so self care is a part of it, and I yeah. think it's also like the right women with the heart of it. Like yeah. I just, I mean. When I move back and forth between these worlds, it's mm-hmm. as easy as, as breathing to yeah. me. Um, it's not an issue. Yeah. But at the same time, like uh, the people that I um, work with or mm-hmm. associate with, like Libby Chamberlain, who's over Pantsuit Nation, okay. and uh, Lola Amalola, who is the founder of Finn and part of the Bring Back Our Girls in Nigeria campaign. Mm-hmm. Like those women, us women, we're mothers. Yeah. And at the same time, we're able to create a platform to uplift a community mm-hmm. so that other people could come in and hold the weight. So yeah. it's not everybody. I like, understand it. You know, it, it's collective. Yeah. Because there's sometimes, like even when it came to the Women's March this year, some of my collaborators from last year were mm-hmm. kind of just had their own personal issues yeah. were beaten down. But at the same time, it's my turn to step in and hold the weight. Yeah. So we, we take turns with all of it. And then working with different women who also have children, mm-hmm. we understand when you know our kids are sick or this yeah. or that. But you know what? Like, you know, to me, it's, and I guess because I have a child now, I can understand it's like common sense. But it doesn't seem like that for a lot of people. Like, being on maternity leave or being able to step away because your child is sick. And it's like, you know, see, this is why we shouldn't have women in leadership positions. And it's like, you were a child once. Someone had to bring you to this world, but you don't see the importance of someone else doing it for their child. So, you know, it's just something, you know, people talk to me about it. I'm like, first of all, I feel like I'm too honest. You know, they'll be like, hey, why hadn't this pothole been fixed? And I'm going to say, because we broke. 
<laughs> we ain't got it. We just don't have it. And I just feel like I don't know if a person like that belongs in politics. <laughs> okay, first of all, I feel like honesty is refreshing and needed. And that bluntness, that's one of the things that um, unfortunately has attracted a, a group of people to the current occupant of the White House. That's true. It wasn't his honesty. It was his bluntness yeah. and ability to... Um, embrace the uncommon and unknown mm -hmm. and i think sometimes even when i deal with stuff people don't need a, a whole bunch of words to get out that we broke that's why we can't fix yeah. this and these are the reasons that we're broke so yep. how can you help me yeah. to fix that it yeah. feels more relatable and more like okay well all right then let's figure out how to get this done mm -hmm. so i think you know but it's all a personal decision at some yeah. point uh i think i had somebody say to me that really just like was smack in the face but it was true mm -hmm. I said that I didn't want to run for office because I just wanted to um, paint. You know, I just wanted to be. But yeah. it's like office is a, a sense of service and of um, painting a different fabric of of your community. Yeah. So yeah. it's just an extension of who we are. Yeah. Because, I mean, the folks that, that they got in office now, and my main model for this year has pretty much been to travel through life with the confidence of a mediocre white man. <laughs> so um, there are a lot of mediocre white men that I have seen personally run for office, and it's like, come on, bro. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, I get on this with my friends a lot. I'm going to try not to tell y'all business, really. But, you know, for us, we feel like we have to be experts at things. It's like, I can do this once I reach this level. And it's like, girl, you have all of the degrees, you have all of the experience. You we as women um, really need to stop doubting ourselves. Yeah, I will say my cousin, won't say who she is, but you know, she was telling me that she recently kind of got like a, a, a coach, like for a professional, because she'll be transitioning to employment. And I'm like, girl, why? <laughs> so it's like, I have friends and family with people who, to me, are already experts, but it's like, oh, well, I can't go for this top thing because I hadn't learned this small fragment of something and it's like I've witnessed so many people just walk into situations with no experience no idea <laughs> and it's doing. like you know I feel like in most cases people will train you to be who you're supposed to be so it's like if you have something missing you'll pick it up but for us and that's something I've been working on on doing too feeling like I am enough I have a sufficient amount of education or experience to do stuff but that's something we have bad you know, so we really, really have to work on it, you know. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, that has been my, you are right. It is something that we do have had bad. But yeah. I'm just looking at, dear God, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. And um, if we, I, I know this one poor fella that ran for office. I mean, he worked at the, tr the uh, Shell station down the street. Mm -hmm. He was running for alderman. Yeah. So I'm like... He had no idea what he was talking about, but he yeah. held a meeting, I, and I went to it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, if, if those type of people, and then sometimes if we don't watch it, they actually get elected and have no idea what they're doing. Like, Tate Reeves and the outfits that he wears, it's so bad, it's so awful. And somebody <laughs> finally cut um, uh, Jim Hood's hair, thank the Lord. But, you know... <laughs> But we got to have our makeup fixed and all of this. And I'm just yeah. bucking that trend right now. Yeah. I've, been, I've been living a little bit. Yeah. I've gotten a little bit older. And I'm like, okay, well, if this is, I'm not carrying that to the next half of this time. Yeah. 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 Well, I do want to note that I 
I do hold public office because I'm PTA president. Oh. So. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> that's as far as I plan on going. So I usually ask um, people if they have any recommendations for transplants, maybe some restaurants, like restaurants. I added some extra access. <laughs> um, places to go or just like advice in general. So... What do you have for these transplants? Transplants, different people. I mean, I hate to actually, like, give this person the props. Uh-oh. But... <laughs> da, da, da. Offbeat is an excellent Uh-oh. place <laughs> to start. Yes, Venom, I'm shouting you out. Offbeat is an excellent place to start around all things quirky. When it comes to restaurant, honestly, I have to say, like, I live here, mm-hmm. but... Um, I really like the feathered cows menu, you know. I love the feathered cows. So I'm very upset that they moved. Well, they didn't move, but they closed the one that's in Jackson. So they, they just, did? Yeah, so they just have the one that's um, by the reservoir now. Yeah, that was the one I stopped I at do. the other day. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I've known, like, I've been here a minute, and mm-hmm. I know the owner and his basils and his this and his yeah. that. So, I mean, it's really good like unique quality food yeah. anywhere that nick wallace is putting anything on a plate that's where you need to be yeah <laughs> um, he is such an expert when it comes to culinary art yeah. and, and blending taste and stuff um uh, another he was actually at my kids daycare we're gonna be having a health fair actually it's this weekend so i should probably include that information either in the show notes or i just share it in general but he came to prepare like a healthy pasta for the students and the parents. I didn't get to check any, I mean, taste any because I was like helping. Um, it was also like a play, so I had to announce some things. So, but my daughter and her husband seemed to enjoy it. They did not save me any. They didn't give me a plate. <laughs> did give me like their empty water bottle and like plate. Like, can you throw this away? So, but it, it looked like I mean, I guess everybody enjoyed it. I think that's one of the great things too about Nick as well is that he Mm -hmm. does a lot of just volunteering work. Yeah. Because even though he's had this net, well, he has this national and international platform, Mm -hmm. he's still like right around the corner to be able to help out the kids in the community. Right, right. So, um, and of course, the museums, the two museums, the Civil Rights Museum and the Mississippi um, Museum of History. There's so many different places and so many beautiful things around this city. I mean, I really love this place. There's a a depth to it all that um, you can't find anywhere else. Okay, cool, cool. So, do you want to let everyone... Oh, wait, 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 oh, wait. Also, check out the Barack Obama mural on Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Barack Obama Elementary School that yeah. uh, my husband and myself did. Yeah, man, that is really cool and beautiful. Like I told you, it must be you know fun being able to work with your husband. And we said some things offline. <laughs> about working with husbands <laughs> but yeah you guys should totally see if you have not already um so you have multiple platforms <laughs> i'm not sure if you're gonna give everyone we were just talking earlier this week about like all oh, of yeah. our stuff and oh, you banned yeah. me from talking to you for a yeah, few days all the stuff you reminded me that I needed to do. <laughs> so um the course of that right now i am the safest place to reach me is on social media find me on instagram Talamika T, T is in Tom, A is in Apple, L is in Larry, A is in Apple, 
We're going to also include it, too. Okay, I eat Okay. All right, so there's that. And then also, um, Tylamika.com, I'm revamping that mm-hmm. just to include a bunch of things. And um, www.bryce-media.com is okay. our business website. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Small World Studio for the music, for 242 Creator for producing this podcast. And if you haven't, you guys need to check them out. They do photography and videography as well. I want to say I have merch, so buy my merch, yes. um, please and thank you. <laughs> T-shirts, um, hoodies, mugs totes and i even have onesies um Mm. yep pretty cool (laughs) um you can oh i want to say if you guys are interested in sponsoring this podcast you can also email me at jacksontransplants at gmail.com um we have no budget uh we basically record in like on the sidewalk off capitol street so <laughs> consider if you're a small business or entrepreneur, you want more uh, people to know about your business, consider emailing us. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jackson Transplants. Um, send us a message. Tell us that we're doing awesome. I only accept compliments. That's it. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and I will talk to you haters later. Bye bye.